This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. You're listening to MPB's Season Pass. Jay White is out today. I'm producer Liz Gill. On today's show, we're going to speak with some ladies. Allie McDonald just finished up the British Open in Scotland. She's a Mississippi gal. We'll learn about her career. Next, we'll speak with Ashley Schiffler, team coach for the Mississippi State Equestrian Team. We've also got Anna Stevens, managing director of Mississippi Volleyball, an organization for four-year-olds through high school, coming up on MPB's Season Pass after this news break on MPB Think Radio. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Korva Coleman. North Korean state media has announced North Korean officials are drawing up plans to launch missiles that would land close to the U.S. territory of Guam. The missiles would fly over Japan to reach their target. The announcement says the plan will soon be sent to North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, who will decide whether to approve it. Meanwhile, a senior White House advisor has told the BBC President Trump is not bluffing when it comes to taking strong action against North Korea. Larry Miller reports advisor Sebastian Gorka says the president will use, quote, any appropriate measures to protect the U.S. Gorka says President Trump is taking the North Korean threat seriously and dismisses the suggestion that Mr. Trump is not prepared to take military action. While Gorka says the U.S. will no longer give in to nuclear blackmail, he insists the administration will not telegraph its intentions, showing its cards, he says, is a very bad idea in geopolitics. Larry Miller reporting. President Trump shows no sign of backing down in a public spat with Republican Senate leader Mitch McConnell. NPR Scott Horsley reports Trump continues to criticize McConnell for the Senate's failure to repeal Obamacare. Trump fired off another angry tweet just before 7 a.m. from his vacation home in Bedminster, New Jersey. He complained that after seven years of calling for Obamacare's repeal, McConnell, quote, couldn't get it done. Trump delivered a similar message via Twitter on Wednesday, and the White House social media director chimed in against McConnell as well. The GOP Senate leader told an audience in Kentucky earlier this week that Trump had set overly aggressive deadlines for congressional action as a result of his political inexperience. The public finger-pointing between the Republican leaders is noteworthy since they'll need to cooperate to advance other parts of their agenda, including a tax overhaul. Scott Horsley, NPR News. Washington. A man has been arrested in France for allegedly ramming a BMW into soldiers on patrol, injuring six of them. NPR's Joanna Kakissis reports the French government is pointing to the attack as proof that a new law increasing police powers is needed. Prime Minister Edouard Philippe told lawmakers that the new bill would replace the current state of emergency imposed after the November 2015 terrorist attacks. The government wants to lift that state of emergency on November 1st, replacing it with a security law that critics say would infringe on civil liberties. The soldiers injured in Wednesday's car ramming were patrolling an affluent Paris suburb as part of the 21-month state of emergency. On Twitter, President Emmanuel Macron congratulated police for capturing the suspect after a shootout near Calais the port city on the English Channel. Joanna Kikissis, NPR News, Paris. On Wall Street, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down nearly 110 points. The Nasdaq is down 68 points, or down more than 1%. You're listening to NPR News from Washington. The Los Angeles City Council wants to draw its own line when it comes to President Trump's plans for a wall on the border with Mexico. Andrea Bernstein reports the City Council wants contractors to disclose any agreements to work on the border wall. The L.A. City Council is proposing a law requiring contractors to disclose any border wall deals. We want to know if there are people who do business with the city of Los Angeles who wish to profit from building a wall that would divide us from our nearest and dearest neighbor. 
Mexico. The law wouldn't explicitly blackball contractors working on the wall, but the motion does state that anyone involved in building a wall could be harming the city and its residents. In response, trade groups representing contractors say the proposed law would be discriminatory and retaliatory. The law will come back to the full council for a final vote later this year. For NPR News, I'm Andrea Bernstein in Los Angeles. Opposition leaders in Kenya insist they have proof the Kenyan presidential election was hacked. Incumbent President Uhuru Kenyatta is leading the unofficial election returns by more than a million votes. However, international observers say they have not seen any sign of voting manipulation. The U.N.'s migration agency is reporting at least five migrants have died and 50 are missing after smugglers threw them from a boat and into the water off the coast of Yemen. The International Organization for Migration says this incident comes after a similar report yesterday. That said, human smugglers deliberately drowned another 50 migrants off Yemen's coast. I'm Corva Coleman, NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Home Instead Senior Care, offering a team to support families and their seniors with a range of individualized in-home senior care services, including bathing, cooking, and medication reminders. Homeinstead.com slash NPR. You're listening to MPB's Season Pass. Jay White is out today. I'm producer Liz Gill. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast. When you go to mpbonline.org slash season pass, there's a purple button. It says subscribe. If you click on it, it'll get you started on having MPB Season Pass at your fingertips whenever you like. On today's show, we're going to speak with Ashley Schiffler, team coach for the Mississippi State Equestrian Team. We've also got Anna Stevens from Mississippi Volleyball, an organization promoting volleyball in central Mississippi. But first, we'd like to invite to the show Allie McDonald. Welcome, Allie. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, thank you for speaking with us. You know, I enjoy, I guess, a broad and kind of a current events depth of knowledge on sports. And my husband and I were putting off yard work this weekend. And so we were sitting in the air conditioning watching the British Open. And, you know, I perked up because the announcer says Mississippi. And so after that, I had to find out what I could about you. Can you give us, give our listeners uh, just like the quick rundown of your golf career? Sure. Uh, I kind of uh, had a club in my hand at age four, um, but I didn't really get truly interested in it uh, until I was probably 12. Um, and I started getting uh, some instruction from uh, my coaches at Old Waverly, who I still work with, um, and uh, ended up having a, an okay junior golf career. Uh, played four years of golf at Mississippi State um, and turned pro as soon as I got finished. Um, and I played uh, last year on the developmental tour known as the Symmetra Tour and this year on the LPGA. Uh, and it's it's been a great year um, and a, a great career so far. It's just been a lot of fun. Well, I guess I, I have a daughter who graduated from high school in 2010 and a son who graduated in 2012. So I'm kind of uh, put you in that slot. So you're from Fulton? Yes, ma'am. Fulton, Mississippi. And so at, at four, did, did your family golf? Did you live next door to a golf course? Or how did, how did you start picking it, you know, swinging a club, poking with a club when you were four? Yeah, so I, I guess at four, um, I was living in Tupelo at the time uh, before we actually moved to Fulton uh, where I grew up. Um, but uh, my dad cut down a, uh, a three iron, um, and it was just kind of just like a fun thing out in the yard. I would hit like plastic golf balls. Um, but, uh, as we moved to Fulton, my mom, uh, worked a night shift at a hospital. So my dad would take me to the golf course, uh, to let my mom sleep. Um, and that's kind of, I guess, where I, I kind of started, you know, just, you know, playing around a little bit. Dad would take me out on the course. Um, but the superintendent there, Stanley Ramey, uh, really encouraged me and my dad also to, to kind of pursue it and go get some lessons, uh, from some teachers. Uh, and you know, the rest has kind of been history since. So that's kind of how I got really involved. My, my family, uh, would do just kind of scrambles here and there, but they weren't, I wouldn't say they were like avid, avid every day. It was more of just a fun thing every once in a while. 
So I noticed that you went to uh, Itawamba for high school. Did did they have uh, any kind of a team? Were you the team? Uh, we actually, you know, uh, my I think it was my seventh grade year. Uh, we we were able to get a girls team together, um, but that was before the MHSAA had really uh, developed a girls division. Um, so it was it was kind of like a, a a division off of the MHSAA. But after that, they developed it um, and decided that it needed to be a team thing. And the two girls that participated with me on that team graduated, so I didn't have any more players uh, to play with me. So that's when I decided that I would play on the boys team. Uh, so I grew up basically all of my you know middle school high school career playing with the boys um and i guess it was my sophomore year um we had to petition the mhsaa to allow me to play play with the boys uh just because um i guess it was it seemed a little unfair to some people that i was getting to play with the boys but play from the women's tees uh so that's when they made it uh that's when they made it to where I had to play from where the boys played from. And, you know, at the time I didn't think it was fair. And I thought, you know, well, I'm, I'm competing against the boys. How is that? How is that not fair enough? Um, but after, you know, they moved me back, there is definitely, you know, I think a reason that they moved me back and (laughs) it made made me, it pressed me, I think to be, it definitely developed me to be the person that I am. And I was able to, to push myself a little bit harder because I was competing against, you know, guys that are bigger and stronger and can hit it further than me. Um, but I figured out how to get the ball in the hole. Uh, so it was, it was a lot of fun. And I, you know, I made a lot of friends and had a great team throughout high school. Uh, and, you know, a lot of support from the, my high school team still. So it's been great. Oh, I'm, yeah, they say a, a system doesn't uh, grow unless it's put under stress. So, get, yeah. you know, backing up from the ladies' tee, I'm sure that, that uh, you know, it make or break your your game. So so then you went on to Mississippi State. How uh, was that? Uh, is uh, everyone maroon in your family? How did you pick that? Were there other t- other sport, other colleges that you, that had golf teams that you considered? Yeah, you know, I... I... I have always been a Mississippi State fan. I grew up a Bulldog, went to football games since I can remember. Uh, but crazy enough, my mom actually uh, went to Ole Miss. But later, you know, once once uh, her and my dad were together and got married and everything like that, uh, she kind of converted to being a Bulldog. Uh, but it was definitely a school that I always kind of uh, dreamed of going to. Um, at the time, uh, you know, everyone was aware of this, uh, but they, the program wasn't where it, where, it, you know, I felt like my game could could probably be at. But that was what was really cool about um, the college process and figuring out where I wanted to go was when I uh, they were going through a coaching change at the time. Uh, Christy Sanders was there, who I actually committed to, um, but Ginger Brownlim, who's there now, was the coach I was going to be coached under. Um, and grow under so you know I I got to know coach before I fully 100% committed uh, to Mississippi State but once I saw um, you know what she wanted in the program and and our kind of ambitions and what we wanted for for Mississippi State lined up I knew that was where I wanted to go Um, and I think we we made a great a great jump in four years for the golf program and definitely kind of set the bar, I think, a little bit higher for Mississippi State women's golf. Well, in speaking of setting the bar high, you certainly did that for a lot of the records at, for the Mississippi State, uh, the the golf team. Are there any records that you don't hold? Uh, actually, you know, we had, I think we had a a girl come in a couple years after me, Jessica Ping, who who was a great player herself, um, graduated last year. I think she might have broke a couple of them. Um, but, you know, if I think if I'm, if I'm being honest, what I wanted for the program and what I want for Mississippi State is to see them recruit great girls who can potentially break my records because that's the type of, of love I have for Mississippi State. And I know if people are breaking my records, that means that Mississippi State is, is continuing to, to be a program that has a really high bar. Uh, and they're bringing in great girls. So I think Coach is doing a great job, um, and there are several girls coming in. There are girls there now who have who have that drive and, and want to see 
see themselves succeed, play at the professional level maybe, and uh, even break my record. So it's, it's fun to kind of watch and be around them still. Well, I saw that you were an assistant, you were a volunteer assistant coach for a little bit at State. What uh, what swayed you from to, to go pro rather than maybe trying to coach or, you know, doing fashion merchandising or accounting or engineering? Yeah, um, I actually am still a volunteer assistant. That's one thing that's really cool um, about me pursuing my professional golf career is that I can still be a volunteer assistant. Um, and as far as the recruiting aspect goes, when co- when I'm in town, uh, it just makes it legal to where I can, uh, you know, be around coach and, and the girls. And because, it, you know, it is a program that I'm still passionate about and want to see success with. Um, but, yeah, you know, golf has always been a passion. I think that um, I wouldn't say at a young age, but once once I kind of realized the talent that God had given me, I really wanted to use that. Um, and he he's he really blessed me and you know he put this fire in me and I feel like I've uh, you know have a purpose with golf uh, and he's given me such a platform to use to use my talent so that's that's kind of what I've felt driven to do um, and what God's called me to do the main thing Uh, so that's that's why I'm you know still pursuing it and hopefully you know I think there is a bigger picture to what I'm doing and uh, that hopefully as years progress, God reveals that through me uh, and to other people. Well, that's fantastic. And, you know, I, I guess here I am. I, I, I Most of my life is viewed through the mom lens. And so I think about you as if you were one of my kids um, going to these tournaments all over the world. Is it is it just you? Do you have an entourage? Do you do you travel? Uh, do you have an assistant or a, a coach or a close friend uh i'm not even sure how does the caddy relationship work yeah so my mom uh has traveled with me some uh most of the year for for sure the whole year last year on symmetra tour she's only missed a few events this year uh but it's been a great blessing to have her because i think a lot of people don't realize how lonely it can be out on the road uh, by yourself, different countries, a different state every week. Um, so it's been a blessing for me, and I know she, you know, she's always excited to travel with me. Um, but yeah, that the the tour is great. I've met some great friends, um, and you know, in the future, it, it's good because the first year out is a little bit more difficult. You're trying to get to know the tour. You're you're getting to know your your competitors that you're competing against. Um, so I know in time that uh, eventually we can kind of uh, maybe get a condo somewhere with a few players and, you know, it saves expenses because we can split a place. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's been great having mom with me. Uh, the support that I get from home, from my grandparents, my brother, my dad, uh, Fulton, you know, Mississippi, Mississippi State, everybody. It's, it's just been great um, to have the huge backing that I have. Uh, and it, it definitely helps on the road to know so many people support me and are, and are pulling for me. Well, Allie, I just thought it was uh, really funny when I was I looked at your your tour schedule and the last two tournaments you played in Scotland, and then I noticed that your dad's name is Jamie McDonald. Did they uh, treat you like a hometown girl in Scotland? You know, they did, but crazy enough, uh, everybody kept asking me if I had any Scottish ancestors, and um, from what everybody tells me is that it's actually on the Irish side. Oh. <laughs> the McDonald of me is or my descent, my ancestors are from Ireland. So uh, that it was kind of funny because everybody was like, no, 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 you know, you're, you have a very Scottish last name. And I was like, well, according to, to you know, to what my grandfather says and everything, that uh, it's actually Irish. But it was funny to, to hear that a lot. Well, Allie, I only know two other, I'm sorry to say, I only know two other uh, uh, ladies golfers, Nancy Lopez and Michelle Wee. So I am going to be on the lookout for Allie McDonald. And so what will be coming up next for you? What do you have uh, later this month, September, um, going in through the rest of 2017? Um, Well, so the the last two weeks in Scotland finished up a a 12-week stretch in a row on our schedule. I took a couple weeks off in there, but uh, I have a week. I have two weeks off, um, so I guess a little over a week now, which is great because I need some rest to kind of recharge for the remainder of the season. Um, but my next event will be in Canada. Uh, so we'll go from Canada to Portland, Oregon, and then to uh, Indianapolis, and then to 
Evian France. I'll play four tournaments in a row, have a week off, and then go to New Zealand. Uh, and those will be the, the final five tournaments on our, uh, on our schedule before it gets to what's known as the Asia Swing. Um, and those tournaments are, are qualified based on uh, kind of where you are on the money list, which is about the top 65 people. Uh, so I have to make a, a pretty good push to get into some of those at the end of the year. Um, but, you know, I'm excited for the five events for sure that I have. Uh, and just, you know, just to have fun, see a couple of new, see some new places and hopefully play some really good golf. Well, Allie, we are so glad that you took the time to speak with us. I feel very honored that you did. Well, no problem. Thanks for having me on. All right. And that was Allie McDonald, LPGA Tour player from Mississippi. And when we come back from the break, we'll speak with Ashley Schiffler, coach of the Mississippi State Equestrian Team. I'm almost as curious about the animal athletes as I am about the human ones. You're listening to MPB's Season Pass on Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. You're listening to MPB's Season Pass. I'm Liz Gill. Jay White is out today, so I've turned this into a ladies' chat. Later on in the show, we're going to speak with Anna Stevens from Mississippi Volleyball. It's a club volleyball organization in the Jackson and Vicksburg areas. We'll also find out what events are going on in Mississippi this weekend. But first, I'd like to welcome to the show Ashley Schiffler, coach of the Mississippi State Equestrian Team. Thanks for being on the show, Ashley. Thanks for having me. Well, now tell me, how did you get involved in riding yourself? Um, I've been riding since a young child. Um, I, I grew up in Pennsylvania, and I competed in the American Quarter Horse Association um, show circuit, competing mostly in all-around events, um, which would be like your Western Pleasure, horsemanship, um, English hunt seat equitation, showmanship, um, and competed mostly on the East Coast, um, getting qualified for the, the AQHA World Championship show a few, a few times in the American Quarter Horse Congress. Um, competition and from there I um, was I went on to college I did my undergraduate degree at Texas A&M and competed on their equestrian team um, for two years while I was there and um, from there kind of moved into a a coaching role with a couple different positions that I've had um, at New Mexico State University and University of Tennessee Martin and that's all kind of led me to Mississippi State. Well, and at Mississippi State, uh, help us understand the equestrian team, it's a club, but it's not like a varsity sport. So what's the difference? Uh, There's quite a few differences. Um, The format of the competitions is probably the largest difference. Um, With the club team, or we compete in the Intercollegiate Horse Show Association, um, it's all levels of riders. So we have riders that have never even touched a horse or been on a horse before um, that come, they try out, they um, join the team, practice weekly, and then we go to competition, and uh, we have riders all the way up to the open division, which is our top level for the IHSA. Um, On the NCAA side, it's just top riders. Um, They are recruited to the teams, and and not all, but many of them are on scholarship. Um, And then as far as the competitions go, for, for our format, the riders have no warm-up time. Um, the horses that they ride are chosen or just drawn out of a hat, so you don't know what horse you're getting ahead of time. Um, there's a lot of luck of the draw kind of involved with it. And you're also competing against several different schools at the same time. Um, in the NCAA format, it's usually just a head-to-head competition. So you're competing against one other school 
at the same time, and um, members of the team are riding um, one horse that, that uh, a member from the other team is also riding, and their scores are compared. So the luck of the draw is kind of eliminated through um, through that format. Oh, all right. Yeah, and also funding is quite different, too. Um, and for the IHSA schools, uh, it kind of depends on, on the school itself. For us, we're, we're self-funded. Um, we do a lot of fundraising to help us. Um, be able to travel and compete, and then, of course, your NCAA schools are usually funded through the through the athletic department. Well, I did notice on your website y'all had a Derby Day party uh, last May. We did, yes, yes, and that's our that is our biggest fundraiser so far. We plan to do that annually. Um, we have it the same time as the Kentucky Derby. We named it the Run for the Roses Banquet, and um, so we have a live streaming of the Kentucky Derby. Um, live auction, silent auction, and then we have a, a, a very nice sit-down catered dinner. And it was a great experience last year. We were able to raise a, a good bit of funds that should be able to help us uh, with our expenses for the majority of the year this year. And uh, it's also a great way to get our name out and um, just get people in the community involved with the team. We did it in conjunction with the, um, with the horse judging team as well. Um, just so we have you know more hands on deck and more uh, more opportunity for two teams to benefit from it. Well, we'll try to have a link on that on our website okay. where we'll put this up. So you know, this uh, kids reporting to college next week. So could there be someone out there right now who's going to show up at Mississippi State and say, "Hmm, I think I'd like to try horseback riding." Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're holding tryouts. I plan to have a tryout interest meeting on the 22nd of this month and then have uh, tryouts a few days after that. Um, and that's for current students, um, incoming freshmen, whoever has interest in the program. Um, and I've had spring tryouts as well already. I've taken on, I think, six new members for this year. And they're either freshmen or, or students that have transferred to the university. Um, so we plan to have about... 25 members on the team um i have about 20 at the moment so we're definitely have a few spots to fill and um i I like to have a a team about that size that's very manageable and it gives a lot of opportunity to to several different students well you mentioned that when y'all go to tournaments the you just have to draw for what horse so Mm -hmm. if mississippi state has a tournament do you have the stable of horses that the riders would ride yeah, the school that hosts the competition, they usually provide the majority of the horses. They may bring in a few outside horses, but um, it takes about 40 horses to, to have a competition. And um, we're not quite to the point where we have a herd that size for us to host a regular competition. Um, we did have a scrimmage last year against Ole Miss, and then we plan to have a scrimmage at the beginning of the season this year as well to help us prepare um, against actually an IEA high school team out of Tennessee. Um, but it, yeah, it takes quite a herd to, to be able to hold a competition, and, um, and it takes a special kind of course, too, to, to be put in a program like this and have many different riders ride them and be able to handle different styles. So are, can someone, uh, could a student bring their own horse, or all these are Mississippi State's uh, um, horses? In our program, they are mostly Mississippi State-owned horses. Um, they are usually donated to our program, and they're kind of dual-purpose horses. They get used for some of our riding classes that we have out here. Um, but we do lease a few additional horses for practice, um, and, and occasionally it's a horse that belongs to a team member. Um, it just kind of depends on, on the situation at that time. But, um, but the students don't normally bring their horses to school um, at at the moment, we're not able to house too many additional horses on campus besides what's owned by the university. Um, but we would like to get to the point where we can build a, a facility that can house outside horses as well, and then we'd be able to lease more student-owned horses. I'm sorry. I'm just picturing in my mind. Right now, we're gathering all the stuff to take uh, my youngest daughter up to college, and I'm just imagining gathering all the horse things if you were going to take your horse up to college. I just... That's kind of funny. Anyway, what are some of the events that your team will participate in? Um, so we, when we go to competitions, um, we have two different disciplines, being English and Western. And within those two disciplines, um, the events that we compete in, on the Western side, we compete in horsemanship and reining. And on the English side, it's equitation on the flat and equitation over fences. 
Um, so on, on the English, the, the over fence is that's your jumping. Um, the flat is uh, the, the riders are judged on the rail, so the horses aren't going over fences. And it's all very equitation-based, both the English and the Western. So the, it's not necessarily judged on the performance of the horse. It's more on the rider's ability to handle that horse, their position on the horse, and the connection that they have um, between horse and rider. Um, and so that's the, the main thing that's judged on in all four of those different events. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, there's five different levels for each um, for each discipline, being the beginner division all the way up into the open division. On the western side, just the top. Uh, top level to open, um, those riders are able to compete in the reigning. And on the English side, the top three um, levels are able to do the over fences or the jumping classes. Well, you you mentioned a scrimmage with Ole Miss. Who, who else? Who are we rooting against? Who are, who are we going <laughs> up against? Who's our competition? Um, there are 16 schools within our region. So we'll, we'll compete. All of our regular season competitions are just against schools in our region. Um, and they're made up of Ole Miss, uh, Mississippi College. We compete against Auburn, Alabama, Judson, um, Georgia College, North Georgia, Barry. Um, so we span mainly Mississippi, Alabama, and, and Georgia as far as our region. Uh, so there's, there's quite a few more schools, but those are the main ones that, um, that we compete against regularly. So you, you mentioned um, a, a having a, a, a meeting to get some more students. When, when's the first, when's the first uh, home competition? When could someone uh, travel up to Starkville to watch you all compete? We'll actually not have any uh, regular season competitions on campus just because we're not, we don't quite have the herd size to host it, but we are having a scrimmage um, the weekend of the 16th um, of September, and uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be Saturday or Sunday yet, and that's again going to be against um, an IEA team, which is uh, like middle school and high school riders, and we'll host that here at the horse unit on South Farm on campus. Um, and it'll probably be, I'd say, around 10 o'clock, but we'll definitely advertise it on our Facebook page the, the exact day and time. Oh, well, wonderful. And that'll be interesting to see the, the wide range of of riders. So uh, I got a call. We were promoing this show yesterday on MPB Think Radio, and I got a call from a, a MPB listener who said that her son had been on the team. So I guess it's not just all for ladies? It's not, No. Um, in the in the club teams or the IHSA teams, it's open to uh, male and female, whereas um, the NCAA, NCAA teams are just strictly uh, a women's sport. Yeah, so we had uh, we actually had two boys on our team last year. Um, one competed in the reigning and horsemanship in the open division, and um, the other one was one of my beginner riders. Well, that is fantastic. Well, Ashley, we are so glad that you have been on our show. We'll definitely put some links on our, uh, when this goes up, at mpbonline.org slash season pass. All right, great. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. All right. Now, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk with Anna Stevens of Mississippi Volleyball, whose vision is to create a program that any child can play, regardless of financial circumstances, and include the community in their efforts to make volleyball more widespread. I'm today's host, Liz Gill. This is MPB's Season Pass on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Thanks.
Thanks for tuning in to MPB Season Pass. I am Liz Gill. Jay White is out today. So far today, we spoke with Allie McDonald, a LPGA golfer from Mississippi. We also spoke with Ashley Schiffler, uh, the coach of the Mississippi State Equestrian Team. And now we'd like to welcome to the show Anna Stevens of Mississippi Volleyball. Thanks for being on the show with us, Anna. Thank you for inviting me. Well, I read a little bit about uh, your organization and you. Now, how did you get involved in volleyball? Because you've got a soccer background. Yes, that's right. I got involved in volleyball about uh, eight years ago. Uh, Jackson Academy was starting a volleyball team, and uh, I decided to go in that direction, and I've been doing it ever since and love it. Well, now tell us a little bit about the Mississippi Volleyball Organization. How long has it been around? Yeah, so it originally started as Mississippi Impact, and then about three years ago, we changed it over to Mississippi Volleyball. We're a not-for-profit club. We offer travel opportunities for girls 10 to 18. Um, We also offer a lot of clinics, and uh, we we have spring leagues, summer leagues. We do a little bit of everything for all ages, and uh, we also scholarship some girls that uh, have a need for, uh, you know, some volleyball experience that may not be able to afford it. Um, it's great that they're able to get into a, a team sport. Um, how did volleyball, you know, you, it's, it, you see some men in the Olympics, we saw some men play, but it seems like in Mississippi, it is mostly a ladies sport. Yes, it is. We are hoping to eventually add to the men's game, but uh, mostly it's a women's sport. Uh, we've seen exponential growth in the Mississippi area due to Title IX. A lot of the high schools are dropping uh, programs such as slow-pitch slow softball, and they are adding uh, volleyball in place of those programs. Well, great, and we hope that, uh, you know, it's a it's a good in- – I always love sports where you can play in the air conditioning. <laughs> so that's always right. – uh, volleyball is a, volleyball's hot, a good a one. hot in the Mississippi heat. <laughs> right, right. But uh, it, it is interesting to, to watch them play beach volleyball. Do you all ever find some good sand and practice out on the beach? Yes. Yeah, so what we do, we started our beach program this year, and beach volleyball is the fastest NCAA-growing sport Um as of this year. So we wanted to add to that. So we actually uh, play our beach volleyball at the Millsap Volleyball Sand Court on their campus. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, I understand you, you play you, you play some in Millsaps in Jackson, and I understand you also play some in Vicksburg? Yes. Yeah, so we have a satellite uh, branch over in Vicksburg um, where we offer opportunities for kids over there trying to spread the game of volleyball. Um, we'll also spread to other areas this year, but uh, we mostly play in the Jackson area, but we have kids travel as far as Greenville, Mississippi, and Hattiesburg to our club to play. Okay. Well, and, you know, you, you talk about, you know, some of the clinics and things you have for four-year-olds on up through high school. How ha- have you, uh, talk about how you've seen uh, maybe, maybe some players develop. Oh, wow. The development has been unreal from when I started eight years ago. High school seniors didn't know the rules. And now, um, for instance, I have five-year-old nieces that play volleyball and know how to, uh, you know, spike a ball and pass a ball. You know, it may not be pretty, but they know how to do it. And uh, now we're seeing girls start to uh, play at the college level from here, which is really the vision we have for these kids. Yeah, I saw, I guess you kind of have like a Hall of Fame of uh, some of the high school girls that have gone on to play in college. Yes, that's correct. Um, We've had quite a few over the years. I think we've had about 12, and uh, we had one this past year that go to Bellhaven University and play. Oh, that's great. Um, Talk about, uh, on your website, you talk about uh, a goal of community-mindedness. Is that just by uh, bringing kids from all over the areas together and not segregating with the schools, or how do you work with the community? Actually, uh, we we actually require our players to do community service. Uh, Most of my, we have seven college coaches on staff, and when we got together, we understand that the game of volleyball is, it's not going to last forever, but uh, leadership qualities will, team qualities. So um, we we have volunteered the Sunnybrook Home uh, for children. Uh, we've done other types of uh, community service projects that we feel are um, just important for our girls and uh, making them well-rounded. Uh, the list of your coaches is quite impressive. Uh, is there anybody you don't have? 
Well, I I think we have covered uh, every university in the um, in the area or college. We have Millsaps, Mississippi College, Jackson State, Bellhaven. Um, I, we are just extremely just lucky to have these local colleges in the area and their expertise and uh, just wonderful people working for us. That does just seem like a, a wealth of leadership. On your website, your second goal is talking about uh, increasing volleyball players. Um, how, how would you go about doing this, other than being on MPB season pass so everyone can yes, sign up their correct. kids for volleyball? Exactly. Um, yes, so we run the clinics, and we also um, will run free clinics every once in a while just to get more people involved. We, we don't want price. Uh, obviously, there's a price to play, but... Uh, we try to offer uh, free clinics every once in a while to get more people involved. Um, it's a, you know, wonderful sport with lots of college scholarships. So um, we also go around talking about volleyball to different schools. Uh, we we go to tournaments and advertise. So we do a lots of different avenues for how we promote our club and get more people involved. That's great. And you're, you're the older girls who, who are more competitive, who I guess are on the, the select teams. Where are some, some tournaments that they've uh, gotten to go to with the Mississippi Volleyball? Yes. Yeah, so we, um, our biggest tournaments we go to are normally Big South in Atlanta and Lone Star in Dallas. I mean, they have hundreds of courts in the convention centers. Um, those are what we call qualifiers, national qualifiers. And then uh, we also attend a lot of tournaments in the Memphis and Louisiana area. So there's lots of good tournaments in the states beside us. We're hoping to get a few more in Mississippi. Oh, that's great. Well, uh, any last things that uh, you want to tell us about uh, Mississippi volleyball and and uh, encouraging uh, parents uh, to get their or guardians to get their kids involved in sports? Yeah, so I would love for everybody to come check us out. We have a website, msvolleyball.com. Uh, my contact information is on there. I'm Anna Stevens. We just want to see children and uh, teenagers be involved um, and join us. And uh, the leadership that we're trying to bring to kids, it's definitely worth a parent's time. Um, obviously, our staff has the volleyball expertise, but we're giving you the little extra at Mississippi Volleyball with uh, these college coaches and mentors on staff. And yeah. uh, we have opportunities for all ages, so uh, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. We've seen a lot of articles. Uh, maybe I've just noticed a lot of articles lately on how much screen time teens have now, how much yeah. they're on their phone, how much they're on their laptops, and just doing anything that's not screen, how beneficial that is. And for you know Mississippi health-wise, just getting into a sport and, and, and being active. Yes, uh, I love the part about being active. Uh, I think that's so important for our kids. And uh, not only is it good for their health, but mentally to take away from that screen time. And it's a, it's a, it's a safe place, a stress relief, and uh, somewhere where you don't have to do schoolwork. But maybe this is the sport for you and you haven't found one yet. So um, I completely agree about the screen time, though. This is one more way to just get people involved. And I think it's a it's a fabulous way for, you know, maybe those girls who are playing in high school to if they also play with Mississippi volleyball, they meet the other girls from around the area so that they're not just competitors uh, that they make friendships. Yes, that's correct. We we have high schools all over. We have kids from uh, Germantown to Brandon to the private schools to Clinton. Um, So and they get to know each other and form friendships and uh Really, at the end of the day, it's about friendships and uh, the memories and learning. And uh, those are the things we really want to think about 10 years from now. All right. Well, Anna, thank you so much for being on our program today. Thank you so much for having me. All right. We're about to take our last break of the show. I hope you've enjoyed our pro golfer, our collegiate equestrian and kids volleyball segments. When we come back, we're going to talk about what's going on sports this weekend. You're listening to MPB's Season Pass on MPB Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. This is MPB's Season Pass on MPB Think Radio. I'm producer Liz Gill. We're going to round out our hour with some events that are going on this weekend. One of them is the One Step Forward, Two Less Bites race and health fair. And this is a program that's going on this Saturday, and it's by 13 Mississippi Community Health Centers. They're hosting 5K races and health fairs throughout Mississippi. I know the one in Jackson. Um, It's all part of their 65 by 65 obesity challenge because they've they've recognized that obesity is an epidemic in Mississippi and it contributes to the chronic health conditions resulting in decreased lifestyle mobility and increased health care costs. And so the Mississippi Community Health Centers are taking a long-term approach to reduce weight and increase healthy lifestyles by launching their initiative to move 65,000 Mississippians out of obesity obesity by 2065. So the 65 by 65 obesity challenge, it's not open. It's not only open to current community health center patients that uh, they're trying to reach out to all Mississippians. So the uh, One Step Forward, Two Less Bites is a multi-city health race, and it's kicking off National Health Center Week. And uh, there's one in Jackson. It's at the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame. They've got distances of 5K and 10K and 15K in support of the three metro area community health centers. And there are also others going on. They've got them going on in Meridian, in Canton, Cleveland, Hattiesburg, Shibuta, Laurel, D'Iberville, Fayette, Nettleton, New Albany, Clarksdale, and Lexington. So maybe there is one near you where you can get some information on healthy living and uh Uh, eating right, and learning how to to get some exercise. Also, in the Jackson metro area, today is the conclusion of the Trusted Choice Big One National Championship. It's a golf championship for juniors that's being hosted at the Annandale Golf Club in Madison. The final round in the awards ceremony is today, and this was a junior-level tournament, and there were four local boys who qualified and three local girls who qualified. Now, if you're on the coast, uh, the Biloxi Shuckers this weekend, they're at home at MGM Park there in Biloxi, and they're hosting the Tennessee Smokies from Knoxville, and that is today through Monday. Now, also for some sports, a little bit of different sports, if you're interested in, uh, boxing and kicksboxing are events are classes that you can take at Boxer's Rebellion in Jackson. That way, participants learn the fundamentals of boxing and kickboxing, and they focus on researching and developing and training in the sports, and it's based on martial arts and the rules. And their classes are based on Gordon Fighting System and the hybrid kickboxing method. And then also another race that's going on this weekend is Head for the Cure, It's a 5K race in Madison at the Madison Health Plex. And the mission for Head for the Cure is to raise awareness for funding to inspire hope for brain cancer patients and their community. The race includes awards for male and female top overall winners and male and female top overall master winners, and that's over 40. So if you're over 40, you're a master. Awards also go to the top three male and female finishers in each age group. Now, if you're on the coast, the Mississippi Track track team, uh, they have some races going on soon. 
the Mississippi Gulf Coast uh, Striders and Youth Club. There's also the uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast Running Club. And they've got some marathons going on. So you'll want to check on their website. Um, On the 19th, they're going to have a Diamond Head 5K and Rotary Walk to Defeat Hunger. That's going to be a 5K, one-mile run, and a two-mile walk. And that's in Diamond Head. You can go to the GulfCoastRunningClub.org for their entry form. Then in September, Yakadoo. Okay, Yakadoo is the name of their race. It's a two-mile run. It's a two-mile kayak, then a two-mile run, and that'll be in Long Beach. Now, if you're in the Ocean Springs area in September 16th, the Gulf Coast Running Club has the Ocean Springs Bridge Run. That is an 8K and a half-mile run in Ocean Springs. In October, also in Ocean Springs, they move to the Ocean Springs Rotary Night. That's a 5K and a one-mile run at Ocean Springs. Now on Long Beach, in the end of October, they've got a paddle, pant, pedal triathlon. So it's a four-mile canoe, that's the pedal part, a five-mile run, that's the pant part, and a 23-mile bike, that's the pedal triathlon. That'll be in Long Beach. And then in November, we've got the Stennis Space Center Marathon, half marathon, and 5K out at the Stennis Space Center. Now, if you are more of a, if you are more of a, a, a athlete who likes to watch athletes, don't forget you can go to lots of your colleges, our community colleges. They've got volleyball season is starting, slow pitch softball is starting, and. Uh, We can't wait for uh, high school football to start. Next week in Mississippi Public Broadcasting, we'll be having Funuddle, our Friday nights under the lights. We're hoping to have Russ Robinson, our host for that show, be on our season pass for next week. We hope you're enjoying our season pass this season. This year, we're trying to do a little bit different. We're going to have... Three guests each week trying to talk about some of the different sports going on. Maybe the things you don't hear about all the time. We hope you'll enjoy it. Thanks for tuning in to MPB's Season Pass. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast. When you go to mpbonline.org slash season pass, there's a purple button and it says subscribe. If you click it, it'll get you started to having Season Pass at your fingertips wherever you like. It'll start getting you involved with podcasts where you can start saving up those shows that you'd like to listen to. I'm Season Pass's producer, Liz Gill. Uh, Jay White will be back next week. Kevin Farrell was our board operator, and Jason Klein helped us out by getting our guests on the line. Next, we've got Dr. Jimmy Stewart from Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. And we're so glad that you're listening to Season Pass. This is MPB Think Radio.